0: Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is June 17th. I'm David Gasper, joined by my co-host as always, Matt Carroll, and we are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. Brewers coming off a little bit of a tough stretch there, losing the last three games to the Cincinnati Reds, but they had been hot all before that, as Brewers have really kind of kickstarted their season again after the addition of Willie Adamas, which we've talked about a couple times already, I believe, on this podcast, so... Um, There is a lot going on with Brewers, and uh, it's been good to see Adamus making that kind of impact. But, you know, now they had a little bit of a rough stretch there. The offense kind of fell back, um, only scored four runs uh, in that whole three-game series against the Reds. Uh, Certainly a tough, tough go. But, Matt, um, when when we were watching that series, you know, the offense, it just, for whatever reason, couldn't get going against – Maybe some not super spectacular Reds pitching.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what one of the biggest bummers was of all of it, is a lot of this month was the Brewers' chance to kind of catch back up in the standings because they were going up against a lot of teams with subpar pitching. Um, We mentioned in one of the previous episodes how every team they play this month until they come up to the Cubs was in the bottom half of the league in both war and ERA. Um, and that includes the Reds. And yet, like you said, four runs is all they could muster. And those last two games of the series were particularly frustrating because you had an outstanding performance by Brett Anderson on Tuesday night. Yeah. I mean, had had the Brewers put up runs, he was at 82 pitches through seven innings. He might have gotten a chance to be the guy who threw a nine inning shutout or a complete game or anything for the Brewers, Brett Anderson of all people, but nope. Uh, they only end up scoring the one and dropping that game. And then just like that night on Wednesday, they do the same thing, drop it two to one, um, waste another very good performance by Freddie Peralta on that day. And things just kind of um, went a little cold during that series after they'd been Uh, finally heating back up for the month of June. So yeah, it's an unfortunate one. You're not going to win every series. You know, we all know that um, you just wish it wasn't against the Reds fighting their way as well, but best you can do is just go out to the thin air in Colorado and try and take the next series.
0: Yeah. And Brett Anderson, he now finally knows what it feels like to be Corbin Burns. And this might be one of the (laughs) few times that he actually does. Because everything else is a pitcher Brett Anderson is nothing like Corbin Burns but seven strong innings and no run support and the game getting wasted because of it mm-hmm. you know Corbin Burns knows that feeling he knows it a little too well um, but yeah that that was that was very interesting I was very surprised to see that um, when you know you just kind of look up it's like hey this is a you know it's the fifth, sixth inning. You know Brett Anderson's only given up one hit. Like it's it, it's a scoreless game. Like what's going on here? Like you don't expect this from him. You know the Brett Anderson's games are typically it's like oh you know giving up you know three or four you know somewhere along the line and you know gets a bunch of ground outs. but you know gives up a bunch of base hits and you know maybe you know that that's not what uh or, or that's not what happened there and maybe he figured you know. This this might be my last chance to use some sticky stuff to get a little uh, help. (laughs) To get a little help going on. I don't know. I I have absolutely uh, zero information as to whether or not that was the case. But that was an uncharacteristically good Brett Anderson outing. And as much as I want to believe, it's like oh yeah, Brett Brett Anderson just had you know a really good night. Um, Sticky stuff has really been the big topic around baseball the past couple of weeks. MLB releasing a memo. Uh, this week, that they're going to be cracking down on pitchers using sticky stuff and, and any sort of foreign substance uh, to make the ball a little bit stickier, whether that be uh, the spider tack, the the you know big thing now that pitchers are using to add spin rate to the ball, or even just a harmless mixture of sunscreen and rosin that uh, most pitchers you know like. Pitchers use that for just just for getting grip, just to get a better command of the ball. It doesn't add spin rate. It doesn't you know make the pitch move more. It's just about getting decent grip on the ball because those balls can be pretty slick, pretty slippery. So uh, getting that command is important. But now that's being outlawed. Uh, but the crackdown will not begin until Monday, June 21st. So all these guys kind of have their last turn through the rotation here before the crackdown begins. And perhaps Anderson uh, was just like, "Eh, you know what, I'll just kind of load up on load up on some stuff, use it out there and, you know, see what goes, maybe get a good start. And then after that, back to whatever it was he was he was doing before. But Matt, I mean, what are your thoughts on the the sticky stuff crackdown that MLB is uh, enforcing now?
1: You I go both ways with it because I've heard a lot of different opinions and I'll admit, you know, I'm definitely not an expert on this. I'm not a former pitcher like you. I was just a (laughs) terrible second baseman, (laughs) Um, but, you know, talking to, you know, some, or listening to, I guess, some hitters and some pitchers from around the league um, saying that, yeah, we, you know, we like that the spider tech or whatever has been outlawed, but we really had no issue with, you know, Pitchers using the rosin sunscreen mixture, Um, we just like the fact that it allowed them to throw in the zone more often and allowed uh, less hit-by-pitches to happen. There's that aspect of it, but at the same time, how do you, as a league, say, well, we're going to allow things that improve performance but not others? So I get where you have that little bit of awkwardness and you want to just say, you know what, just... Shut down everything, whether it's right or wrong. So I mean, I guess, I guess in that sense, I get the thought process behind the decision. I, I don't, I don't know though. I, I'm glad they're taking some steps here. Um, I don't know if they're the right steps, but we'll see. I mean,
0: Rob Manfred made them, so odds are they're not the right steps.
1: That's yeah, that's a very, very good point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's he's trying something with it, but. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to severely affect spin rates for Brewers pitchers. I don't know what Brewers pitchers use, don't use, anything like that. None of us do, obviously. I don't know really what we're going to see, but in the same sense, you know, that's affecting the pitchers that go up against the Brewers as well. So, are the Brewers hitters going to see some uh, increased success because the opposing starters now don't get to use certain things? I don't know. I it's without us knowing exactly what each specific pitcher does or doesn't use on the mound. We have no idea how this is going to affect things going forward.
0: Yeah. It's something that um, MLB put in place and really kind of met with universal pushback from the players, you know, both pitchers and hitters alike Um, pitchers have been complaining about, you know, the baseball, how it's, you know, like chalky, like, yeah, you rub it up with the, with the mud um, beforehand and, you know, sometimes it just kind of turns to um, dust, you know, by the time you get it or something. And it's just, it doesn't really provide any sort of actual grip. And, um, the, you know, the, when, when it comes to like cold nights, or, like some, uh, some uh, certain situations, the rosin that uh, is currently allowed for pitchers to use for grip, rosin doesn't really help much at all. So you, you got to mix it with something like sunscreen to, give it that actual tackiness. And I mean, when I was a pitcher, I never used like any of the stuff like this. Maybe if I had, I would have made it farther. Uh, (laughs) Maybe that would have really helped my command. If I had stuff like this, Um, I probably, you know, maybe I should have, I probably could have gotten away with it too. um, At the the levels I was at, but uh, (laughs) yeah, when it comes to, to this, I mean, Hitters are able to use batting gloves. Hitters are able to use pine tar and whatever else for grip on the bat. And, and pitchers, they don't. I mean, they've got rosin, but you know, in a lot of situations, that doesn't actually help. You know, just rosin on its own. So I think what MLB needs to do is get something where you know, like get, give the pitcher something, some sort of a legal substance that helps with grip, that helps with, um, you know, the, the general tackiness, so that pitchers feel comfortable. Um, throw in the way that they are rather than just banning everything um, that they, they need to come up with something where it's like, okay, you are allowed to use this. This doesn't increase spin rate. This doesn't make the ball move more. It's just helping with grip, you know, same way banning gloves and pine tar help out with hitters and, and their grip. So that's what they should do, but they're not doing that. And then another thing, I mean, when, when it comes to this, they're doing this mid season. Like, like we're we're about halfway through the season, and MLB is changing the rules. Well, or more so, implementing a rule that hadn't been implemented um, before and enforced before. So now pitchers are are going to have to change what they're doing if they are doing sticky stuff. They're going to have to completely change um, what's going on midseason. And as Tyler Glasnow, I know this is you know mostly a Brewers focused podcast, but Tyler Glasnow with the Rays he just partially tore his UCL and suffered a flexor, flexor strain in his elbow because he used a, a combination of sunscreen and rosin. And th- that's what he used, you know, going out there on the mound for however long. And then he had to stop because he knew that the implementation was coming. So he's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, try to get used to this. So I'm not going to use it. And so then he goes out there. And if you haven't seen the video yet, Uh, please go watch it. Please please watch Tyler Glasnow's explanation about this whole thing because it's really enlightening. Uh, Because Glasnow was stating, you know, since he couldn't use the sunscreen and rosin to get, you know, the same kind of grip on the ball, he had to push it further back. He had to push the ball further back in his hand and and just kind of choke the ball in his hand as opposed to just letting it be on the fingertips. Um, So by doing that and then having to basically – squeeze the ball much harder to get a decent grip on it he's using all these extra muscles in, in his forearm and, and in his elbow by flexing that while trying to throw and then that cause you know doing that for two three starts caused his elbow to pop and like th- like this is unsafe like mlb is battling injuries bad enough as it is mm-hmm. right now like now that you're implementing this that could make injuries so much more worse. And you could have more UCL tears and flexor strains and all these other issues for star level pitchers. Like Tyler Glasnow is a star level pitcher. You could be doing this, you know, by, by taking that stuff away, you could be doing this to more star pitchers and and more Cy Young candidates across the league. And that
1: doesn't help baseball either to lose their star players. No, with all the, Issues that uh, MLB has in marketing the star players—you need them playing in games if you're going to try and market them. Um, DeGrom just went out last night; he had a short start. Doesn't sound like it was anything related to something like that, but no, it, I mean, it was
0: a shoulder, in it, and so far the reports are everything's fine with him.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's been a little off and on tweaking things this year. What if this ends up affecting him? You know, he's one of the amazing stories pitching-wise. What if, uh, what if Otani? goes down again like he did last year for a while because you know this ends up affecting him Uh, it's just crazy and that's a really good point the fact that they implemented it mid-season not giving pitchers a chance to adjust is yet another just glorious Rob Manfred strategy I'm honestly surprised he didn't just try and mess with the ball again to try and make it you know the grip better for pitchers and say okay now you don't have to use this stuff because we played with the ball for the fifth season in a row. Well, th- they've been trying to do that, that they've
0: said that they've been trying to develop a tackier baseball surface where, you know, something like this isn't really necessary, but they haven't been able to, to do it. So perhaps they need to continue trying and really kind of up their efforts on that. Uh, but in the meantime, you got to have something to, to help mm-hmm. with the grip on the baseball with, with the baseball that you do have. So I, I think that's where you got to make something like, um, you know, sunscreen and rosin or or pintar or something legal. So you're able to grip the baseball Um, and and trying to tell players like, Hey, like you can't be wearing sunscreen. It's like, it's 90 degrees. Like the sun is beating (laughs) down. Like you, you expect me to just sit out here and get sunburned all the time. Like, no. So, you know, how are you going to tell a guy in the middle of June and July that he's wearing too much sunscreen? Like, it's, it's not really going to work, and it's like, you know, how can you tell us, like, oh, he's got sunscreen, like, get him out of, like, you, you can't just kick a guy out because he's wearing sunscreen, it's like, sorry for not wanting to get skin cancer, like, <laughs> my bad, uh, it's it's just ridiculous, and, and it's going to be so difficult for MLB to enforce, I mean, they, they're talking about, you know, umpires doing um, checks of, of pitchers, you know, coming off the mound or coming into the mound or whatever, and I'm just reminded of the scene, and and naked gun where uh, Frank Trevin, <laughs> the, the umpire, goes out there and and he like removes his hat. He's a tub of Vaseline. He's, he finds like a little saw and like all these other things <laughs> on him. So like, yep, you're good. It's fine. <laughs> like just like patting him down everywhere everywhere that he goes. Oh uh, man, it's just it, it's so rough. But like MLB is. MLB really put themselves in a sticky situation, uh, pun oh. intended.
1: Oh. Pun
0: very intended. MLB put themselves in a sticky situation. Solid. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for making it already, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> never. Never feel bad for amazing puns.
0: MLB neglected this for years. A- MLB has, has neglected this whole issue and is like, oh, it's fine. They, they just swept it under the rug for years. And guys had just kind of been using it just for grip and whatever else. But then they found out they could use stuff to increase spin rate and increase movement. And, you know, all of a sudden they're using that out there. And then everyone kind of got carried away. And now MLB has to crack down on it for for the game. And it ends up ruining it for everybody. And making things so much more difficult on everyone else. So, uh. Now MLB is like, oh, we're collecting all this you know, information on pitchers using this. And after two months, like they had plenty of information and realize, yeah, this is a problem. Because it is. Like using like the spider tack and the stuff like that for the extra spin rate and the extra movement, that's a problem. But like you have to act upon it because you realize this is like currently impacting the game but you also like want to be aware it's like yeah if we try to like change things up now mid-season that's just going to cause more problems so you're kind of stuck in a damned if you do damned if you don't situation and Rob Manfred chose damned if he does because that that's just kind of what decision Rob Manfred made and now we're going with this and this whole crackdown on on sticky stuff and um I think the way that they're going about like I I get that their intentions are probably good but the way that they're going about it uh, I think is just going to lead to so many problems.
1: Yeah, I I have way less concern about, you know, what's this going to do for Brewers pitchers performances than what it's going to do for injuries. We like seeing Glasnow already, you know, and like you mentioned earlier, the fact that this already is a season um, with way more injuries than previous seasons when you've got this, you know, 162 after only playing 60 last year. It's already bad. Um, I, I just I, I don't want to see these guys get hurt. And so hopefully that was, you know, not the start of a trend with Glasno, But um, that's that's what I'm afraid of seeing. So hopefully it's not as bad as it could get.
0: Right. So the important thing is really just kind of keeping as many of these guys as healthy as possible. Um, and that's just uh, got to be the focus. And that's kind of been the focus for the Brewers and most other guys, most other teams around the league. I mean, the Brewers are rolling with a six man rotation at the moment while they're in this stretch of uh, 33 games and 34 days. Uh, Eric Lauer added to the rotation. So. You know, they're trying to give these guys extra off days and and make sure that they can stay healthy throughout the season. Um, But, you know, now when you throw this kind of added little wrinkle in there, you know, going from, you know, after going from 60 games last year to 162 this year, and that increase of innings, and now they're throwing this on top of it, and a lot of guys having to change, you know, the way that they pitch, you know, if if they're going from sticky substances to not. um, That can just cause... Uh, more major injuries and that's something that uh, we'd really like to avoid especially considering the Brewers strength of their team is their pitching staff it it Mm -hmm. is centered around the rotation the bullpen being the strength of the team so making sure that those guys remain healthy is crucial to the team especially considering the way that the Brewers offense has been uh, performing so far this year and performing is I suppose a loose term considering they really haven't been uh, it's been it's been rough to say the least for a lot of them Keston Hura you know chief among them having a really tough season but another one that we haven't really talked about as much on this podcast I don't think Jackie Bradley jr his season has been Oof. awful just mm-hmm. absolutely awful through over he's got over 200 plate appearances we're two and a half months in. Jackie Bradley Jr. has a 153 batting average. He's got an OPS under 500. League average is around like 700, 750. He's under 500. He's got a 32% K rate, and his OPS plus is like 36 when league average is 100. Like It has been objectively awful. No matter how you look at it, Jackie Bradley Jr. has not been good. And we know that he's a slow starter. We, we know that he started slow pretty much every single season in his career. And we know that he has that, that he's a streaky hitter that he'll have sometimes where he looks really good, looks like an all-star and he'll have some weeks where he just looks completely unplayable. But he's had all the unplayable weeks to start the season. It has been bad. You know e- even at the beginning of the year, he hit 207 in, in April and that was the high water mark. You know, since then it's been all downhill. He he has six less hits. He's got twelve total hits in May and June combined. And he had eighteen hits in April total. It's been bad. Yeah, he's bringing you know, pretty solid defense, but with Lorenzo Kane out, then Jackie Bradley's pretty much your only center fielder, so he's playing just about every single day. And even that hasn't been able to get him going. The calendar turning to june the weather heating up that hasn't gotten them going what do we do man what what, what do the brewers do with jackie bradley jr like it, it's almost getting to the point where like it like you have to do something because you know the, the brewers this with the casting hero you got to the point where you had to do something and i think the brewers got to be getting pretty close to the to that point with jackie bradley
1: jr don't you think yeah i think under most Normal circumstances, you would, but what on earth do you do? I mean, you had just put out the article the other day about how um, Jackie Bradley's contract status is going to make it tricky for what happens to uh, Avi in the future, a guy who the Brewers have relied pretty heavily upon offensively this season so far. Um, and that contract is exactly what makes it tricky to do anything with him right now. Um, it's not the same as Lindblom who was under contract and the Brewers decided they were going to DFA him anyway, but he was only making three mil a year, roughly a little bit over 3 mm-hmm. million. Jackie Bradley's making six and a half this year. He's got the player option next year for nine and a half. Um, that's he's, he's got some coin that the Brewers owe him right now. And so to just move on from him, isn't as much of an option and to just bench him really isn't either because like you said, Kane, is on the injured list. Tyrone Taylor, who uh, was sent down after he started slumping and then caught fire and was brought back up and was looking pretty solid once again, he's on the injured list. Even a name like Corey Ray, who, you know, he has uh, had his issues in the past, but was actually one of the sounds better hitters to start 2021. He's on the IL right now. There's, there's just no one. Um, you're, you're basically playing with three core infielders or outfielders right now in Yelich, Bradley Jr., and Avi. And then you've got, you know, other guys who know the outfield, like Jace Peterson and guys like that, Tim Lopes. Um, But he's still one of your main guys right now. And it's really, I think we all hoped that June being really career-wise the best month that he generally puts forward, he's got a career batting average of 255 in June, OPS plus of 120, His actual OPS hovers around 800 career-wise in June. That's good. Yet, he is batting a whopping 167 in June so far with that regular playing time that you mentioned. So this, by all rights, should have been his chance to really start um, one of his classic hot streaks. And it just has not happened. And the Brewers, unfortunately, are in a spot where they almost have to write it out until one of these guys preferably Tyrone Taylor. I'm hoping he is kind of the guy who has the more immediate return, but one of those guys comes back off the IL.
0: Yeah. And you know, when Tyrone Taylor came back up, I mean, he's, he's hitting the ball pretty well. Like he's shown himself to be a pretty capable big league outfielder. Um, and, and Jackie Bradley jr. He just hasn't brought enough at at the plate. And yeah, he's got that great defense out there. Um, spectacular defense out in center field, but, At the same time, you need somewhat passable offense. You know, you you don't need him to be a 300 hitter out there and you didn't sign him to be one. But you got to at least hit the Mendoza line and he's 50 points below it. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's been it's been ridiculous. And, you know, we're now almost three weeks into the month of June. You know, we're, we're getting close to July here. We're getting close to three months into the season. The all star break is coming up and he still hasn't had a single stretch this season where he has even looked remotely um, like a hot hitter at the plate. He had a, I think maybe a, like a seven game hitting streak, like back in April where mm-hmm. it was all just like one hit, like per game. Exactly. The yep. dude has, I think three multi-hit games all season. He had like two multi-hit games in April. Then he had one in the beginning of June and that's it. Like, like that, 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 that has been it. And It's just been so tough. Like every single time that he comes up, it's just it's a grounder right to second or a grounder to short or a pop up or a strikeout. He's striking out 32 percent of the time. Like he's not even like getting like robbed of base hits a bunch. Like it is literally just hitting it like on the ground right to guys or just popping it up. Like it's not really super hard contact getting them going. And, and, yeah, the, the contract situation. I mean, keep in mind, he also the, there's also an option for a third year. Mm-hmm. There, there is a mutual option for a third year for $12 million with a buyout of $8 million. So if Bradley opts in, he gets that $9.5 million guaranteed for 2022. Plus, he also, at the very least, is going to get $8 million for 2023 if the Brewers decide to buy him out. So that's a really tough situation for for the Brewers to be in. I mean, coming off a year with no fans with with a shortened season. And then now this year where they've had the first half of the season with limited capacity uh, and and trying to recoup all that money and being able to afford guys. I mean, you've got the option for uh, Garcia coming up as you mentioned there. And as I mentioned in my article on on reviewing the brew um, and, and that, uh, Garcia's option turns into a mutual option if he hits enough plate appearances, um, which he's on track to do at the moment. Um, so Garcia could, you know, choose to, to leave anyways. But either way, I mean, that's something where if Garcia keeps playing the way he has, the Brewers may want to bring him back. But they may not be able to if Jackie Bradley opts in, which the way he's playing you know, even in even if he hits 300 the rest of the way, even if somehow Jackie Bradley Jr. hits 300 the rest of the season from from June 17th here on forward, I still don't think he opts out because his stats mm-hmm. are just going to look that bad, and it's really going to be tough to, um, you know, believe in in you know that that final that final half because everyone's going to also remember the first half of it. So I, I think Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be opting in, and so now. With his salary going up, Yelich's salary also kicks up in 2022. You know, he goes from 14 million this year up to 26 million. That the contract extension finally kicks in for him next year. Um, and then you got Kane in his final year, his salary bumps up to 18 million. You I don't think they're gonna be able to pay all four of those guys. So, and even though Avi has been the more productive guy of the group he may end up having to be the guy that gets let go. Yeah,
1: that's really unfortunate. Um, But money is what it is. Hopefully, you know, the farther we get away from this pandemic, the Brewers maybe will have a bit more payroll to spend and um, something can happen. But I I think the core uh, idea of your article that, Avi may end up being out the door, whether we like it or not, is something that's got a really good chance of happening. And I wanted to, as we were talking, I pulled up one stat that I think I sadly want to throw out there because it's going to justify a lot of Brewers fans' frustrations, um, is Jackie Bradley Jr. when runners are in scoring position. I've seen a lot of frustrations on Twitter of, oh, great, there's a guy in scoring position, but now JBJ's at the plates. Um, we all know what's going to happen. Yes, we do all know what's going to happen. In 61 plate appearances, Jackie Bradley Jr. is batting 118 with Uh, men in scoring position. 19 strikeouts in 61 plate appearances. That's about roughly a, what, 33% strikeout rate? Six walks only. It's, yeah, that's, and he's generally been batting at the bottom of the order, but that means your middle guys are, you know, making some headway, getting on base, and then, just no one's we know that the Brewers as a whole obviously have an issue with runners in scoring position, but that's got to be one of the worst marks on the team. And if the Brewers are at full strength and Jackie Bradley Jr. is the only guy who's, you know, batting that rough, OK, you, you find a way to work around it. But like yesterday, when you're trotting up a lineup with what it was like five guys batting under 200 or something like that, yeah, um, you, you, that's when you can't afford it.
0: Yeah, it's just been – it's so tough to watch at the plate. And, yeah, I mean, runners in scoring position has been an issue for everyone. But, I mean, for Jackie specifically, I mean, he's a he's a veteran hitter. He's someone that, you know, you would expect to, mm-hmm. you know, come through in situations like that. And, and he just got his first uh, walk-off hit earlier this season uh, with runner in scoring position. And that's one of his, you know, only few – on the year with them. So it, yeah, it, it's been a, a really rough year uh, for Jackie. And yeah, the situation that's going to put the outfield in uh, is, is tough be- because just not being able to like, you know, the Brewers would essentially be forced to stick with a guy who's performing much worse over a guy who is performing much better. And, and that's not a situation you ever want to find yourself in. Mm-hmm. But with, with the way the contracts are set up, that, that's where the Brewers are with, with Jackie Bradley Jr. So that, that's going to be uh, very interesting to see play out. And like, I mean, there, there's always like, oh, yeah, you could trade them. For what? Like, to whom? <laughs> who's going to want Jackie Bradley Jr. right now? Who Who's going to want to trade for him in that contract? Who's going to want to trade for Lorenzo Cain? too because I was like oh just trade Kane then you know and and his 18 million dollars salary for next year it's like who's going to take Kane at that point he's 37 years old and and this year he's hitting 220 when he's been healthy and he's had a number of leg issues first it was uh it was the quad and now he's got the hamstring I think um you know who's going to take Kane at that point you know if you want to trade those guys, you're going to have to eat a whole bunch of money to even just get something back. Mm-hmm. You know, No no one's going to want to take on that entire contract. So that's where you really kind of find yourself in a, in a tough spot because you're not going to be able to just trade those guys away. You, no one's going to want them. No one's going to want to give you anything for them. So you're stuck with them,
1: really. Yeah, it's, there's no... There's no DFA. There's no trade. There's no optioning to the miners. like that's those things just aren't going to happen right now. So uh, they're kind of stuck where they are. And, you know, again, hopefully he does pick it up at some point. You know, something clicks and oh, yeah, that's the Bradley Jr. that, you know, we saw back in 2020 or that, you know, goes on hot streaks during the summer those types of things, but it, it's it's got to happen sooner rather than later because Brewers need that little bit of offense based off of how those last two games against the Reds went,
0: yeah, and now I feel like we've gotten to the point where uh, Bradley is pressing at the plate, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you've been in a slump for so long. like you know this is no longer just a cold stretch. And like he said before after his walk off his, like you know everyone says things will always just kind of even out and work themselves out. It's like I'm here to tell you right now that it doesn't. Like, it doesn't just, just happen like that. I'm like, it's a very interesting framing of that, you know, like, you know, Oh yeah. You know, things aren't just going to work themselves out. Um, you know, it, it ju- just kind of gives a little bit of an insight to his mindset. And it's like, you know, what is, what is he looking to, you know, to do here? Like, is he just kind of staying confident in his beliefs? Like, Oh yeah, things will work itself out. Like I'm getting there or, or whatever. Or is he just like, you know, things are just, you know, bad. At, I, I believe he said the word abysmal when he was talking about um, his his play at the plate. Um, and it's like, you know, I, I'm curious as to how that mindset of going about it impacts you as a player. Like, if you believe, it's like, oh, yeah, things just work itself out. I'll be fine. Versus things aren't working themselves out. Like, I just have to do so much more. and. You know, I, I've just got to um, be better. Like, you know, w- like which one is better? Like, I, I'm just kind of spitballing out loud here. But like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it's yeah. the like, like it's a mindset going into is it's like a half glass, half empty, half full kind of kind of debate, I feel like.
1: You know, it's interesting as Brewers fans, we've gotten a little bit of insight into some, how some of these players aren't just as robotic as we like to think they are. Sometimes you've got, you know, Bradley Junior. Being open to some of the frustrations that he's going through right now. You've got a player like Christian Yelich, and part of it's his personality, but you know, being very self-deprecating a lot of times when he refers to himself when he struggles, saying, "Yeah, I friggin' suck out there right now." You know, yeah. he'll be at that open about it. Um, to have heard, you know, Will Salmon doing a Great job getting Kesten Hira to open up about, you know, how you know, his family situation weighs on him a little bit and, you know, maybe causes him to press um, and he tries to battle through it, but it doesn't always you know work as well as you want it to. Those are three kind of different situations and Kesson Hira being a bit younger player, but Yelich and Bradley being veterans at this point and, you know, still having struggles that it's not just a, oh, it'll happen when it happens type thing. No, there there's a huge mental aspect, even for guys like that who have had successes in the past. So, I mean, we've got to see a lot of it firsthand here as Brewers fans. Um, I don't know. I don't know at what point with Bradley Jr. specifically he works through it or what he needs to do mentally to get over the hump uh, that he currently needs to right now. But, uh, yeah, to hear him frame it that way, like you said, is interesting. So Yelich
0: is is someone, too, that has really kind of been struggling uh, at the plate that you kind of mentioned there. And he hasn't been struggling as bad as Jackie Bradley Jr. or as Keston Hira has been struggling. But he hasn't really been putting up his typical numbers. You know, he's hitting, what, about 235, 240 at the moment. He's got a couple of home runs, but, you know, not really hitting home runs at the pace that he had been in 2018 and 2019 um, so, you know, perhaps he can, you know, catch fire here in the second half, like he did in 2018. Um, that would be really something to see and, and would be really welcome for this offense. Um, but yeah, like it just hasn't really been the, been the same for him and he's kind of been more self-deprecating, like talking about his timing, not being good and talking about just, you know, not feeling, uh, quite as well. I mean, he's swinging and missing at, at pitches right down the middle. Um, he's being passive in counts he hasn't really been aggressive like he was in 2018 2019 especially early in counts normally you know first pitch second pitch if it's in the zone he's swinging away and he's knocking it out of the park and then he's you know hitting it somewhere hard but this year like he just kind of seems to be watching um first pitch fastballs down the middle And, and he just he just hasn't been able to perform up to his up to his normal self because it seems to me he's being way too
1: passive at the plate. Yeah, it definitely seemed like that last year, a lot that he was really um, kind of almost trying to work the walk as opposed to trying to work the hit this year. He is slightly past that, but um, still, like you said, taking a lot of pitches that didn't seem like he used to. Um, I Pitchers still pitch to him like he's a threat. Like, You notice Mm -hmm. that they pitch around him a lot. Um, And some of the walks that he works are just because of pitchers like, you know what? No, I'm not letting Yelich take me deep. Um, But at the same time, there are times where it looks like Yelich is also trying to work that walk. Um, So I don't, I don't know if that's an adjustment for him um, of, I know I'm going to see more balls now. So, you know, the pitches down the middle are going to be fewer and far between. So I need to be ready for them when they happen. You know, is that something that's playing with them a little bit? I, I don't know. But, yes, I absolutely agree that he's more passive than he was, definitely in those 2018 and 2019 years, it
0: feels like. Yeah. There, there has been too much Jace Peterson rubbing off on Christian Yellows for, for my taste. I mean, now he's just going up there almost looking for walks, at a seams, And that's what Jace Peterson is doing. And finally, pitchers are throwing him some strikes, and he's striking out. What do you know? I told you guys. I told <laughs> everybody. Jace Peterson sucks. He cannot hit. The best thing he can do is not swing the bat. That's when you know you're a terrible hitter. And yet, here people are. It's like, oh, no, Jace Peterson. Oh, he gets on base. Oh, it's so great. And then now he's not getting on base. And what do you know? He's going 0 for 4. He's striking out 3, 4 times. He's terrible. And it's like, guys, I told you this. <laughs> and now it's finally coming true,
1: and it's just – I told you. Over over 50% of his plate appearances have ended in a walk or a strikeout, much more of them in a strikeout. But Yeah, like, and it's not even a three-true outcome. It's a two-true outcome. Yep. He doesn't hit dingers. Exactly. No. No. Barely. He gets hits in general. Yeah, and that's uh, – that's why the Brewers right now are relying on so many of those types of guys. Jace Peterson isn't hitting. Daniel Robertson isn't hitting. Tim Lopes, he's only been here for a little bit, but he isn't hitting. Um, Pablo Reyes is actually, last I looked, he was in like a rough 240, 250 area for batting average. So he, he at least hit some. Um, and he runs like the wind. actually kind of like the guy a little bit. Um, but, I mean, again, it's not like he, he's blowing uh, the cover off the ball by any means it's i i would almost like a full line change of these utility type guys for the brewers who we end up adding in their place i couldn't tell you because our a depth right now is not that fantastic if if we're saying we need to swap out these guys for the hernan perez's of the world i get we all love the guy i love the guy too um, but there's a reason he's in the minors right now Uh, because he hasn't been able to hit in the majors for the last couple of years. So, you know, unfortunately, those are the the types of guys that we'd be looking at to swap out. Um, But I would at least like us to give someone a try, because the current uh, utility core that we have right now just is not cutting it.
0: No, and even the AAA depth, I mean, really isn't super strong. I mean, you got a whole bunch of guys with big league experience, you know, Aaron Perez and, Zach Green has some, and, you know, um, Jake Hager has a little bit. Um, Kesson Hira is obviously still working on his stuff. Um, But then you got guys like, you know, Weston Wilson, Logan Forsythe, Dylan Cousins, Dustin Peterson, Jamie Westbrook. Like, none of these are are really improvements over what you currently have. Um, And the Brewers don't really have any, like, hitting prospects at that level outside of Corey Ray, who's hurt and Mario Feliciano, who's hurt. Yeah. Um, so there's really kind of not much there. And then, I mean, you look down to double a and you got some, and no, really there aren't any hitters performing super well in double a, like Bryce Terang is hitting fairly well, mm-hmm. but he's not ready yet. Um, Tristan Lutz isn't really hitting that well. Um, he, he's an outfielder, Lucas Ursig can't hit and now he's turning into a two way slash pitcher. Um, Peyton Henry, you know, further down on the on a catching depth chart, you got Chad Spanberger who's striking out 50% of the time in double a, Ooh. like it's there, there's not much there. They, they don't have much for, for quality hitting depth down there. It is, it is already up. Or it's hurt, you know. Mark Matthias, you know, they really could have used him this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. Taylor being out that hurts, and um, Kane being out, and Shaw being out, and you know, Wong, Colton Wong should come back soon. Yes, um, that'll help. That that should that should come. He should come back on this uh, road trip uh, here, and also Derek Fisher. He could be an option, you mm-hmm. know, coming up coming here off the IL. Um, with him uh, coming up to to the big league roster, it appears. So with Derek Fisher uh, coming up, you know that that could um, perhaps help out that that depth a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and Lord knows we need outfield depth right now. Um, with like we mentioned before, the fact that they're basically working off of three main outfielders in Avi Young. Mm-hmm and Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, We know that Stearns is a big fan of Fisher. That's why he brought him in. Um, He was kind of one of the guys battling in spring training for that final outfielder spot with uh, McKinney and Tyrone Taylor. And Fisher was actually looking semi-decent in spring training before he went down with that unfortunate, I believe it was hamstring injury. Um, He's looked uh, all right, I believe, for Nashville this year. I'm trying to get his... Stats pulled up, but I'm not having good time with that right now. Um, but really, depth wise, he's going to be a big benefit to the Brewers um, because they just need some outfield help. And who knows? You know, he's a, he's a guy he he kind of fell in that uh, like Daniel Robertson area of a guy who was a highly regarded um, high draft pick who just never quite uh, found it at the major league level. That mm-hmm. the Brewers decided, you know what? Let's give the guy a shot and you know see if we got something and if not you know the guy gets dfa'd and you know it's no huge loss so robertson got his shot um he's still getting his shot and it appears that he'll still be around for a little while um and now fisher is going to get that chance and now i finally have the uh, stats pulled up um he is hitting 220 down at triple a but he has been back and forth in those rehab starts um with the thing kind of flaring back up and then pulling him out of rehab and then pushing him back into it. And so um, I I don't know that we read too terribly much into those minor league stats right now, but that's where he's sitting um, OPS of 671. So, you know, he's worked through it. It looks like he's uh, healthy again, and we'll see if we have anything in this potential diamond in the rough.
0: Yeah. And that's just, you know, the thing, you know, as I think you uh, briefly touched on there, I mean, Stearns was in the front office in Houston there when they drafted Derek Fisher in 2014 uh, with the 37th overall pick. So he knows him. He likes him. Um, so just, you know, bring him in to try to give him an opportunity. And he was, he was kind of battling for a, a spot in spring training and he was performing somewhat well uh, in spring. Uh, but then he suffered the injury Uh, With the uh, hamstring issue, and then you know that took him out for uh, a little while. Then they sent him on a rehab assignment, then he had a setback, then had to go, you know, still chilling on the aisle. Then he went on another rehab assignment, Um, and now he's finally uh, ready to be coming up um, and and playing at the big league level. So, you know, we'll see what kind of opportunity he gets. I mean, him and Billy McKinney came into the year without options uh, to the minor league. So, if the Brewers kept them, they knew that they'd be. Um, that they wouldn't be able to be optioned down. Billy McKinney got DFA'd, claimed by uh, New York, and they ended up getting a trade worked out. Um, So the Brewers got Pedro Quintana back for him, a little 17-year-old pitcher. Um, So now we'll see what happens with Fisher. You know, maybe he can get a a good couple of weeks, and, you know, if then an opportunity goes away, you know, say when Kane comes back or um, Tyrone Taylor comes back or whatever, uh, they decide to DFA him. Maybe they can get, you know, a, a low level, you know, lottery ticket pitcher or, or something for him. And, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. But, you know, perhaps in the meantime, he can he can provide a little bit of production.
1: Yeah. And again, just anything right now would be <laughs> fine. We're I think I think we're I think we we're begging at that points. Yeah. We, we just want someone to hit over 200 at this rate for some of our backup. uh outfielders and utility guys if he can do that great that's at least something so we'll see if he can do that yeah
0: that would be nice um also um in terms of roster moves and additions hunter strickland is now in the brewer's bullpen brewers uh traded some cash to get him i'm not sure how much cash hopefully not a lot but uh (laughs) strickland kind of was coming off a, a rough time there uh, in Los Angeles with the Angels, got DFA'd, um, so the Brewers decide to uh, bring him in. Uh, Strickland, I mean, he's he's probably just another B-group bullpen arm. I mean, he really hasn't been a an A-level reliever in a while. Um, so, I mean, Strickland, like, okay, like, it, it's a warm body. It's nice, but it, it doesn't help out the, the A-group in that bullpen at all. No, but he
1: did punch bryce harper in the face once
0: or get punched in the
1: face i i I don't remember he started a brawl with
0: bryce harper yes he
1: did i i don't i i don't dislike bryce harper i'm i'm fine with him i just think it's funny that that's the thing he's most famous for at this point um as well as the fact that he is now the direction team that he's played for he started the season in tampa bay got traded went to los angeles got traded for cash so he's just – he's forcing all that cash money to get moved around the MLB. Uh, he's got mid-90s fastball, sweet, uh, mid-80s slider, okay, and that's mostly it. That's, that's about what he throws. So we'll see. I mean, I mean we can use, a, a, honestly, even a little bit of extra stability by a guy like Strickland so we're not having to rely on the Hobie Milners and Angel Perdomos of the world. So even having just a little bit of extra talent in there, I'm good with. Um, I still hope that the Brewers make some more uh, moves as we get closer to the deadline to maybe for some of the relievers that may be available out there from um, teams that are out of the race. So we'll see if that happens and maybe those types of guys could get uh, added to the A group or you know maybe even an A minus group. Um, I've got my eye on, uh, old friends, well, old villain, I guess, uh, Rysel Glacius, who's over in Los Angeles right now. Um, his numbers have come down a little bit, but he was the old closer for the Reds who gave us mm-hmm. terrors for a bit until he kind of had a down year in 2019, um but the angels the angels are on a little bit of a streak right now but we know what they like to do come trade deadline um that's lose usually so should that happen and he becomes available i wouldn't mind um putting in a bid for him he's coming off his contract this year he'd be a free agent after the year so he'd just be a rental um but there's going to be a few other guys out there who we could potentially add to the mix and if hunter strickland ends up then being the worst guy in your bullpen i don't think that's the worst thing in the world to be honest
0: yeah yeah it's it's really not so you know we'll see and you know, might add some more to to the bullpen as as we go along this year and I mean we talked about this last week but Aaron Ashby is probably going to be an a group addition mm-hmm. in, in a couple of weeks because um, they moved him to the bullpen down in triple a uh, to prepare him for the call up to the big leagues so that's really kind of where his home is going to be uh, speaking of uh, AAA uh, and the minor leagues, Matt, every week you do the, the minor league update uh, for us on reviewing the brew. So, you know, let's let's talk a little little minor leagues here uh, on the cold brew podcast. So what are uh, what are some of the big updates from from the minor leagues and who are some guys that are that are playing really well that a lot of fans might not know much about?
1: Um, I think if you want to get familiar with some minor leaguers, you want to look right over at Carolina. There are some guys there who have been a ton of fun to watch. Uh, The Mudcats are doing great this year. Um, Prime above them, I mean, they should just be called, they actually did call themselves online, the Carolina Joe Gray Juniors, because Joe Gray (laughs) Jr. has been on absolute fire this season. He is batting 304. He's got an OPS of 1.09. Uh, two Carolina East, or no, Low A East. I don't remember what they're all called these low days. A low A East, East yeah. player of the week awards. He's got two of them um, that he had had consecutively um, for being just amazing. Uh, the first week that he won it, I think he had 17 RBIs in the week, uh, which is just out of this world at this last week. He didn't win it for the first time in three weeks, um, but he had two triples last week. So still was doing awesome. Joe Gray Jr. who is a guy who his first couple of years in the Brewers minor leagues, he struggled um, and then had the lost year last year. And I don't know what he did to fine tune it in the off season, but he is looking outstanding and I'm sure is up for a promotion. Um, they also have Ernesto Martinez. I know one of your favorite guys. Um, he, that guy, when he hits bombs, it is just something to watch. He does you know, Fernando Tatis moves around the bases. He bat flips. He does everything. And he's got a little bit of speed with him. Um, he was up close to 10 steals on the year last I saw. I don't know if he eclipsed it. His average has come down a little bit, and he strikes out you know, more than we'd like to see. But he's at low A. He's still got some things to work through. Um, and then uh, Felix Valerio has actually... Been on fire recently. He had a long uh, 10 plus game hitting streak. He's the most recent player of the week for that team. Um, he was one of the guys in the famed Keon Broxton trade that brought us Bobby Wall and also resulted in the, the Mets immediately DFAing Keon Broxton after we got three guys for him. Um, always try and trade with Brody Van Wagner when you can. Um, but he's looking solid. And so the Brewers might actually kind of get to see what they have in him. Uh, for a little bit here soon. So those are three fun hitters to watch down there. And Carolina is just a fun team right now. Um, on the pitching side, uh, Justin Bullock actually just got promoted from uh, Carolina to triple A and then got to take part good. in high A. Yeah. Uh, not triple A high A. Um, and then got to take part in the Timber Rattlers, most recent uh, no hitter. So he, yeah. So he's, no, just need the big league club. Really, really that. good yes we oh please finally someday um so justin bullock uh was a i'm trying to remember what round was he a second rounder not a second rounder bullock was not a second rounder no Um, he was yep uh it's been a bit so justin bullock uh drafted just a few years ago um finally kind of get to see now him again after the last season last year um, but he's moving his way up. Um, it, pitching wise, it's been a lot about the prospects like Ethan small. He's kind of on a tear. He's not a guy you wouldn't know about. Um, yeah. but it's nice to see him kind of picking things up. I would like to see him, like I said, last week in AAA sometime soon. Um, and then Andy, uh, Aaron Ashby, Andy Ashby, Sparky did that on the radio the other day, <laughs> actually Aaron Ashby. Um, we're going to eventually see a promotion to the majors for him. So, um, yeah, that's, that's off the top of my head. Do you have any of yours favorites outside yeah. of that?
0: Well, first, first of all, Justin Bullock was a 16th round 16th. pick oh, okay. in 2017. So, I don't know who I'm
1: confusing him with then.
0: Yeah. Um, but no, um, Ernesto Martinez is, is one of my guys that I've always really kind of been uh, looking at down there in Carolina and high. He's one of the more fun dudes. He hasn't been uh, in the lineup the past couple of days, I don't think. Um which has really kind of been unfortunate. Also, not in the past couple of days, Garrett Mitchell. I just saw the lineup posted for Thursday here um, for the Timber Rattlers, and Garrett Mitchell was not in it uh for the second at least the second straight day. So I'm not sure if there's you know more of a thing with the knee or or what, but um whenever Mitchell has played, he's he's looked great. Um been a real been a really big presence at the plate. Um so You know, the more they can get him out there, the better. But, you know, we shall see um, if there's anything going on there. Um, But, yeah, no, like things have been, you know, looking pretty good for a lot of these guys. You know, some of these pitchers lower down that, you know, maybe I was a bit more excited for, excited to see. Haven't really done as well. Kind of the hitters that I didn't really have high hopes for aren't really doing as much. Um, But you know, for the most part, you know, that there's just been, you know, a couple of guys that have been performing, you know, really well and putting themselves on the radar. Um, and you know, some of the guys that were on the radar, um, you know, maybe a bit further down, they're just kind of not really doing as much. So maybe a little bit of turnover on, you know, some top prospects to list near the bottom, but nothing's really going to change much within that top group, um, between that top seven, essentially, um, that, that, that top tier of prospects. So, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a good run down there in the minors so far, and it's just it's so good to have minor league baseball back. And starting mm. in about uh, a week and a half, two weeks, uh, the Arizona Rookie League is going to start up. Yes. Uh, we're finally going to get games down there with Hedbert Perez. Did you, did you yes. see the video I posted the other day of Hedbert oh. Perez hitting a dinger? Oh there's my a, god, it was beautiful.
1: There's a couple. There was another uh, view that I had seen of that home run as well. just every every angle that that one is from is just God, oh. that kid is just pure hitting machine. He is going to be something to watch the yeah. next few years. Cannot
0: wait for it. So, I think that's a good spot to end off for this week. So, uh, Matt, any any final words you want to say?
1: Ah, uh, let's get some hits in Colorado, please. <laughs> um, also, uh, tonight is Game Six for the Bucks. Um, we didn't even mention that. Obviously, we're a Brewers podcast, but. Um, That's still very important. Um, I'm going to hope that I don't pass out from anxiety at some point between now and when that game starts um, or during the game. But got to win this one. Got to have it. Uh, We can get it.
0: Yep. Otherwise, Coach Bud gets the axe. Yep. (laughs) Pretty much. All right. So that'll do it for this week's edition of the Cold Brew Podcast. Be sure to follow Matt. On Twitter at MKMan13. You can follow me on Twitter at DGasper24. Be sure to follow the podcast account at Cold Brew underscore pod. we has got a big road series, road trip coming up this week, and we'll uh, have you covered with all the reports of that next week on another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.